This morning is our last story for the summer from Genesis. I have loved going through these messy stories together. We have followed one family through three generations, three tumultuous, faithful, flawed generations. And as I step back and take in the sweep of these stories, what strikes me most is the grace, God's graciousness that is abundant, that abounds. Too often as Christians, we talk about the God of the Old Testament and the God of the New Testament as if they were two separate beings. Not only is that an early heresy, and not only is it anti-Semitic because it acts as if the Jewish God is not good enough for Jesus, but it also blinds us to all the grace that's present throughout our Bible. Again and again in these stories, we have seen God decide to bless the whole world and choose regular, flawed people to do that blessing. These ancestors had the same failings many of us do. They lied. They manipulated to get their way. They had dubious sexual ethics. They had exploitative economic practices. But God was gracious over and over and over again, never abandoning them, never giving up on them, always meeting their messes with mercy. And this morning's story, which Ben told so well, is a human response to that graciousness. Jacob and Esau are twin brothers. And when they were young, Jacob stole Esau's birthright and inheritance. And they have been estranged ever since. The last time Jacob saw Esau, Esau wanted to kill him. And today, they meet again for the first time in decades. We're coming in after the goats, sheep, camels, cows, donkeys. After all that, Jacob looked up and saw Esau approaching with 400 men. Jacob divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two women's servants. He put the servants and their children first, Leah and their children after them, Rachel and Joseph last. He himself went in front of them and bowed to the ground seven times as he was approaching his brother. But Esau ran to meet him, threw his arms around his neck, 
kissed him, and they wept. Esau looked up and saw the women and children and said, Who are these with you? Jacob said, The children that God has generous that God generously gave your servant. The women servants and their children came forward and bowed down. Then Leah and her servants also came forward and bowed. And afterward, Joseph and Rachel came forward and bowed. Esau said, what's the meaning of this entire group of animals I met? Jacob said, to ask for my master's kindness. Esau said, I already have plenty, my brother. Keep what's yours. Jacob said, no, please do me the kindness of accepting my gift. Seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. Since you've accepted me so warmly. Take this present I've brought. Because God has been generous to me, and I have everything I need. So Jacob persuaded him, and he took it. For the wisdom of God in Scripture, for the wisdom of God among us, for the wisdom of God within us, thanks be to God. So just before this, the night before, Jacob spent the whole night wrestling with someone or something. It's very mysterious. Might have been a stranger or an angel or himself or God's self. We don't know. But the encounter leaves Jacob with a blessing and a new name. And an injury. When the sun comes up, he's limping. And it's after that wrestling that he is truly ready to face his brother. And the encounter's a risky one. In spite of Jacob's theft so long ago, Esau has become the father and guide of a mighty household, and even an army, 400 men that he brought with him. If he wants vengeance, he can have it. So Jacob approaches first, alone, limping. And he bows once, twice, Seven times on that aching hip. And Esau, who came with an army, sees his brother and runs to him and falls to his knees and wraps him in an embrace. It's like the prodigal son. Seeing your face is like seeing the face of God, says Jacob. It means a lot coming from Jacob, who has already had two incredible encounters with the divine. 
his ladder, his vision of the ladder ascending to the heavens and his night of wrestling the night before. But here, at last, he says he truly sees God as he is wrapped in love by his brother. It is a beautiful image of forgiveness and reconciliation. The two brothers had every reason to go to their graves estranged. Esau had plenty of reason to stay mad. He is clearly the one on the moral high ground here. But if I were Jacob, I might also have spent the intervening decades telling stories in my head about how it wasn't really my fault. My mom made me do it. It's my dad's fault for liking my brother better. It's my brother's fault for being so likable. In the end, it was Jacob alone who wrestled that night. And in the morning, he has to decide on his own that he was ready to lay it down. That was his choice. He took responsibility. And Esau also had to decide to begin again. And when at last they see each other, it is like seeing the face of God. This is how forgiveness can be. Life-saving and hard. It blesses us and might leave us limping. It usually takes a long time and many miles. It might involve sweaty, sobbing hugs. And it means seeing the face of God in the one who used to be our enemy. I'd wager most of us have someone we're not at peace with, or someone we didn't used to be at peace with, or will have someone we're not at peace with. Maybe because of something we've done, or something they've done, or just because we live in a fallen world and it's hard to get along all the time. Can you imagine seeing that person you're not at peace with and seeing the face of God in their face? I want to nuance this a little bit because overly quick calls for forgiveness have been used through the centuries to keep people in abusive relationships. Wives have been counseled by their spiritual leaders to forgive and return to their abusive relationships. 
and the call for speedy forgiveness, unconditional speedy forgiveness has been used to deny people the right to demand the repair that is necessary for harm that has been done. Sometimes forgiveness does not mean restarting the relationship, a sobbing, sweaty hug. Sometimes it is a letting go and handing over to God to do what we cannot do ourselves. God always desires healing and health and wholeness. Sometimes forgiveness and reconciliation in person are possible. Think again of someone you're not at peace with. Can you imagine kneeling, bowing, knees cracking, joints popping, old injuries aching, to ask for their forgiveness? Or welcoming that other person with open arms? Miraculous might not be the wrong word for that. If Jacob and Esau's reconciliation was miraculous, it was a miracle that was years, decades in the making. And that's how God's work often is, maybe usually is. It's slow. We tend to prefer the speedy miracles. They're flashier. St. Augustine pointed out that we take for granted the slow miracle by which water becomes wine through the irrigation of a vineyard. Forgiveness is like water becoming wine. Every so often it happens in a flash. But usually it takes some time. For Jacob and Esau, it took a lifetime. But slow doesn't mean impossible. God can and will do new things in our lives, set us free from how it has always been, make a way out of no way, and always, always, grace abounds. Amen.